بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين رب شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما Last week we spoke about Amir al-Mu'mineen Umar ibn al-Khattab and his strictness with his family and his extreme caution with public funds. Money would come to Umar ibn al-Khattab from all over the Muslim world, from Persia, from Syria, from Bahrain, from here, from there. And it would come into the hands of Umar ibn al-Khattab as the head of state and it was his responsibility to distribute it. So he was very careful with this amana, and he made sure that this public wealth only went to those who were deserving of it. And he made sure it didn't go to anyone unjustly. So he was extremely cautious about that, especially with his own family. Once Abdullah ibn al-Arqam he came to Umar ibn al-Khattab and he said, Ya Amir al-Mu'mineen, we still have some of the jewels that we got from the spoils of war at Jalwula. The battle of Jalwula, as we spoke about in detail during the conquest of the Persian Empire, that was one of the main battles, the, battles of Jalwula, the battle of Jalwula. So the Muslims, they amassed a great amount of jewels and wealth and spoils of war from that battle. So Abdullah ibn al-Arqam, he came to Umar and he said, Ya Amir al-Mu'mineen, we still have a lot of that jewels, those jewelries from the battle of Jalwula. So I need to know what should we do with this. So Umar he said, find me when you see that I'm not busy, when you see that I'm free, come to me and we will discuss what should be done with these jewels. So, a short time later, Abdullah ibn al-Arqam, he found Umar ibn al-Khattab and had some free time. He was not busy. So he went to him and he said, Ya Amir al-Mu'mineen, you told me to come back to you when you had some free time. Now I see that you're free. So I want to discuss with you what to do with this, this excess jewelry we have from Jalwula. And then Umar said, spread out the rug get a rug and spread it out and put all of the jewels on the rug. So he did that. He got a rug. He spread it out on the floor and they put all of the jewels on that rug. And Umar he stood up and he looked at all of that jewelry. All sorts of precious gems on that rug. And he remembered Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He said, Allahumma innaka zakarta hadha al-mal. فَقُلْتْ زُيِّنَ لِلنَّاسِ حُبُّ الشَّهَوَاتِ مِنَ النِّسَاءِ وَالْبَنِينَ وَالْقَنَاطِيرِ الْمُقَنْطَرَةِ مِنَ الذَّهَبِ وَالْفِضَّةِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that surely the desires have been beautified for mankind. Desires of what? Desire for women, desire for children, desire for hoarded treasures, of gold and silver. So he's seeing all of this gold and silver and jewels. 
And he's remembering this verse of the Qur'an that these are the things that have been beautified for the people. The people see this type of thing, they see this type of wealth and they become happy to see it. So Umar radiallahu anhu remembered this. He said, Ya Allah, you have, you have mentioned this in the Qur'an. And then Umar radiallahu anhu also remembered another verse of the Qur'an where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, لِكَيْ لَا تَأْسَوْ عَلَى مَا فَاتَكُمْ وَلَا تَفْرَحُوا so that you do not become overly sad by what you missed out on and you do not become overly happy for that which comes to you. This is the way of a believer. When they get something good, you get some wealth or you get some property or you know, you get anything good in your life, you're happy. Of course, this is natural, but you don't go to extremes in your happiness. You don't go crazy with happiness. Right? Your happiness is at a moderate, reasonable level. And the same thing goes for if something sad happens, if a tragedy occurs or if some type of calamity occurs, or you miss out on something that you hoped to get, right? You're sad and it's natural to be sad. It's natural to be sad. But you don't go to extremes in your sadness. You don't go crazy out of sadness and sorrow, right? So this is the way of a believer. That when you're happy, you're happy in a reasonable way. And when you're sad, you're sad also in a reasonable way. You do not go to extremes in either happiness or in sadness. So Umar radiallahu anhu, he remembered this verse as well when he's looking at all of these jewels. Right? So he's reminding himself that yes, we see this and we're happy that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed us with this, but we should not go to extremes in our happiness. This is still from the temporary pleasures and enjoyments of this dunya. And then Umar radiallahu anhu, he said, Allahumma inna la nastati'u illa an nafraha bima zayyanta lana. He said, Ya Allah, when we see what you have beautified for us, you have made this beautiful for us, so we cannot feel except happiness when we see this type of thing. So he said, Ya Allah, you beautified this wealth for us, so we are happy to see it. But then he made dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allahumma inni as'aluka an tada'ahu fi haqqihi wa a'udhu bika min sharrihi. He said, Ya Allah, I ask you, Ya Allah, to put this wealth where it belongs. Ya Allah, guide me to make sure that I give this wealth to those who are deserving of it. And I seek protection in you, Ya Allah, from the evil in this wealth. If there's any evil in it, Ya Allah, protect me from that. So he took this responsibility of his as the head of state, as Amirul Mu'minin, very seriously. This wealth, he knew it was his responsibility to distribute it fairly. And he knew that's a very heavy responsibility. So he made dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to allow him to fulfill that responsibility in the best way. While this wealth was spread out on this rug. One of the young sons, a child, one of the young sons of Umar bin Khattab radiallahu he came in and he saw his dad and he saw this rug full of jewels and he asked his father, and this is a young boy, a little boy. He asked his father, Ya abatah, habli khataman. Oh, my father, give me just one ring from these jewels. It's, it's a lot of jewels, right? Can I just have one ring? 
And then what did Umar say to his own son? He said, Idhab ila ummika tasqika suwaqa. Go to your mother and she will give you some drink. Suwaq is a type of drink that's made out of dates. He said, just go to your mom and she'll make you this drink and drink it. Get out of here. So he left. So all of this wealth, a whole rug full of all sorts of precious gems and jewels. And the son, young son of Umar, he just wants one ring. And Umar refuses to give him even that. This is how careful he was with the public funds, with the wealth of the Muslims. He never considered this is his personal property at all. No. Rather, he was extremely careful to make sure that it only went to those who were deserving of it. Also from the strictness of Umar ibn al-Khattab with his family members is that he made sure that his family members did not get involved in any government affairs. Umar he's the head of state. He's Amir al-Mu'min but he made sure his family members don't get involved in any of the affairs of the state. Their hands are off from the government and from these public affairs. And especially financial affairs. He, he made sure, he was very strict that no one from his family can be involved in deciding where the wealth goes. That's completely off limits to anyone in his family. Once some wealth was brought to Umar for the treasury. And as we mentioned, the wealth used to come in all the time from different places of the Islamic world. And it would all come to Medina in the hands of Umar so once some wealth was brought to him and our mother Ummul Minin Hafsah radiallahu anha one of the widows of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and she was the daughter of Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anha she came to her father she came to Umar radiallahu anha when this wealth was given to him and she said to him Ya Amir al-Mu'mineen your relatives have a right upon you that you should spend upon them, that you should financially help your relatives who are in a difficult situation. So you have all of this wealth that's coming to you and you have relatives that are poor. So isn't it your responsibility, Ya Amir al-Mu'mineen? Isn't it your responsibility to take care of your relatives who are poor? This is what she said to her father. And then Umar radiallahu anhu, what did he say to his daughter? What did he say to Ummul Mu'mineen Hafsa radiallahu anha? He said to her, the rights of my relatives, yes, they have rights upon me. But that right that they have upon me, it is on my own personal wealth. If I can help them with the personal wealth that I have, then I have to help them with that. Not with the wealth of the Muslims. That's separate. So he was kind of angry with his daughter for even suggesting this. And he said to her, He said, you're trying to cheat your dad while you are being sincere towards your relatives. You want to help your relatives, but you're trying to, you're, what you're doing will hurt your father. If I take this advice of yours, that is going to get me in trouble with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in yawm al-qiyamah. So you're trying to help your relatives, but you're trying to hurt me. That you're cheating your father while you're trying to help your relatives. He was angry with her. And then he said, Qumi, 
get up and leave. I don't want to hear any more of this. So she got up and she left very quickly. Right? So this is how strict he was with regards to the public funds. Once Umar radiallahu anhu, he was doing his rounds of Medina. And this was one of the habits, one of the routines of Amirul Mu'mineen Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anhu, that he used to patrol the streets personally. Right? He would go around Medina, he would go in the alleys and on the roads just to make sure that everything was okay. And if he saw anyone had any problems or any type of difficulty, he would do what he could to help them. So one of those days, he was patrolling Medina going around, right? And he saw a little girl. And this girl was extremely thin. She, she looked very weak and she was very thin. And she was so weak and thin that she would walk, but then she would fall down. Then she would get back up then she would walk some more, then she would fall down. So she kept getting up and falling down, getting up and falling down. And she was so thin and she was so weak. So Umar radiallahu anh saw this girl and he said to the people who are around him, who is this girl? Look at her situation. Look how thin she is. Look how weak she is. What's wrong with her? Does anybody know who this girl is? Who this little girl is? And then the son of Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anh, Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu anh, he said, Don't you know who she is? Don't you recognize her, Ya Amir al Mu'minin? And Umar radiallahu anhu, he said, La. He said, No, I don't recognize her. And then Abdullah ibn Umar, he said to his father, That this is one of your daughters. And Umar radiallahu anhu, he was surprised. He said, Which daughter of of mine is this. I don't recognize her as being one of my daughters. And then Abdullah ibn Umar, he said, Hiya fulana binti. That she is so and so my daughter. The daughter of Abdullah ibn Umar. So the granddaughter of Umar ibn al-Khattab So when, when Abdullah said to his father, this is one of your daughters, he meant that she is from your progeny. She is my daughter. So that means she is your granddaughter. And Umar radiallahu knew her. This is his own granddaughter, so of course he has seen her before. Right? But he didn't recognize her due to her state, due to how thin and weak she had become to such the extent that he couldn't even recognize her anymore. He didn't realize that's his own granddaughter. So he said to his son, surprised, this is my granddaughter so-and-so? I can't even recognize her. I remember her being much healthier and stronger. Now she looks so thin and so weak. What has caused her to reach this state that I see her in now? What has made her so thin and so weak? He asked his son, why is your daughter so thin and weak? What happened to her? And then Abdullah ibn Umar, he said, the reason why she's like this, He said, because you are presented with all of this wealth, but you are not giving any of it to us. So this is the state that, that she has reached. All this wealth is coming in from different parts of the Islamic world, right? And you're distributing it as you see fit to distribute it, but you're not giving it to us. So this is the state that my daughter is in because of that. So Umar radiallahu anh, when he heard this, he got angry. He got angry at his son, Abdullah ibn Umar. 
And he said, وَهَلْ مَنْعِي مَا عِنْدِي مَنَعَكَ أَنْ تَطْلُبَ لِبَنَاتِكَ مَا يَطْلُبُ النَّاسُ لِبَنَاتِهِمْ He said, oh, and because I'm not giving you this wealth that is coming in from different parts of the Islamic world, I'm not giving it to you. Is that preventing you from seeking for your daughter what the people seek for their daughters? The people, they go and they work and they earn money and they provide for their children. Because I'm not giving you from the Baytul Mal, I'm not giving you from the public funds. Is that preventing you from going out and earning for your daughters? Is that my fault? He got angry with his son for suggesting this. And then he said to his son, Wallahi, Wallahi, you will have nothing from the public funds except for the same portion that every Muslim gets from the spoils of war. From the spoils of war, there was a certain amount that would go to the Muslims. And of course, the son of Umar ibn al-Khattab, he would get his portion, that's fair. He would get his portion, but nothing more than that, nothing extra. So he said, Wallahi, you will have nothing except the same portion that every other Muslim gets, nothing more than that. Whether it is enough for you or it is not enough for you, I don't care. You're not going to get any more. So just make it work. So he got angry with Abdullah ibn Umar for even suggesting that perhaps he can have some more portion to take care of his family. And then Umar radiallahu anhu, he said to his son, Hada kitabullah baini wa baynakum. It is the book of Allah that is between me and you. I have to do everything according to the book of Allah. So you being my son and this being my granddaughter, I cannot give that precedence over the rules from the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So see, this is how strict he was, even with his own family. This is how seriously he took his responsibility with the public funds. Once one of the sons, one of the other sons of Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu Asim, Ibn Umar radiallahu an, he mentions that once Umar radiallahu an sent his servant Yarfa to call Asim. So Yarfa, the servant of Umar, he goes to Asim ibn Umar and he says to him, Ya Asim, your father is calling you. He wants to speak to you. So Asim, he goes to meet his father, Amirul Mu'mineen Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu an. And he found his father in the musalla, in the prayer area of his home. He had a place where he would pray and he was sitting there. So he goes and he enters upon his father and he sees his dad sitting there in the prayer area, in the musalla. And he says to his father, Oh my father, Yarfa came and he said that you're calling me. And Umar said, yes, I'm calling you. I called you because I want to talk to you about something. And then he said to his son, you know, I have always considered touching the public funds for personal use haram. Even before I became in charge of the affairs of the Muslims, I never wanted to touch anything from the public funds. But now that I am the Khalifa, now that I am the ruler, I am even more averse to touching anything from the public funds because now I know that this wealth, it is an amana with me and I am responsible for it. So I am even extra careful now that I am in charge. And then he continued and he said to his son, Ya Asim, I know that you are from the fuqara, that you are from the poor people. You don't have any wealth, you're very poor. So that is why I have been giving you a portion of the funds from the public treasury as 
a poor person because you're a poor person so just like the other poor people they have a right to take some portion from the public treasury they have they have a portion that they're allowed to take a set amount that they're allowed to take I give you that portion as well because not because you are my son but because you are a poor Muslim just like those other poor Muslims so whatever I'm giving them I have also been giving to you I'm not giving you any more not giving you any less I'm giving you the fair amount like I'm giving the other poor Muslims and then he said but look I've been giving it to you but now it has almost been one month that I have been giving you from these public funds almost one month and this is too long you need to get off of this he said so I'm gonna cut you off now I'm gonna cut you off this is specifically for his son for the other poor Muslims he didn't say I'm gonna cut them off no they will get it as long as they need it but for his own son he said okay you're getting just like they're getting that's fair but you know now it's almost one month after one month is finished that's it I'm not giving you anymore because he was more strict with his own family and then he said to his son but I will try to help you I know you're poor I know your situation is difficult so I will try to help you with my own personal wealth some personal wealth that I have so Umar radiallahu and he owned some land you know, a modest amount of land and he had some trees on that land and those trees had some fruits so he said to his son Asim I know you're in need so you know you can go to that land of mine this is personal wealth it has nothing to do with the public funds that you can go to that land of mine take the fruits from those trees you know and go sell them do some business you know stand on your own two feet so that you will not be reliant upon the public funds so his son he took that advice and he did that right so Umar very careful he didn't want his family to be associated with taking any funds from the public treasure even if they had a need even if they were deserving of it he he wanted to cut them off from that so he was extra strict with his own family another example that shows the the strictness and the caution with which Umar ibn al-Khattab approached the public treasury and the funds once a shipment of perfume came from Bahrain so perfume of course is in a liquid form right and it came all the way from Bahrain to Medina to Umar ibn al-Khattab to distribute it to distribute it to the people of Medina pretty big amount of perfume right so when this perfume was presented to Umar ibn al-Khattab he said I want to hire a woman who has expertise in measuring and weighing the perfume so I can distribute it fairly I want a woman to come and you know it was usually the women who had expertise in this field not men who had expertise in perfumes and measuring the perfume and uh, being able to know the quantities of the perfume and dividing it in such a way it was women who had expertise in this field so he said I want to hire a woman who has expertise in measuring and weighing the perfume so that we can divide it and we can distribute it to the people fairly. So one of the wives of Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu anha, radiallahu anha, she heard this that he's looking for a woman to measure the perfume, to weigh the perfume, and she had expertise in this. His own wife, she knew how to do this. She was very skilled in this. So she said, "Yeah, Amir al-Mu'minin, I can do it. 
I have expertise in weighing and measuring the perfumes. And immediately he said, La, no, not you. Not you. I'll get someone else, not you. And then she was surprised. Like, I know how to do this. You know I know how to do this. So why not? Why can't I do it? And then he said, you know why you can't do it? Because I think that maybe when you are measuring the perfume and when you're weighing it, you might touch some of it on your fingers. And when you touch it on your fingers, maybe you'll rub it on your neck like this. Right? And then we will have taken a portion of that perfume unjustly if you do that. This is what he said to her. And then she was quiet. She didn't say anything after that. Right? So this was the strictness of Umar ibn Khattab with his family. He was not playing any games at all. And he made sure that he was fair and that he was just with the distribution of that wealth. And he considered, a, he considered it a very heavy burden upon himself that all of this wealth is coming to me. And it is my responsibility that the poor people are taken care of. It is my responsibility that everyone gets their right. It is my responsibility that no one is oppressed. It is my responsibility that no one is getting more than their fair share. This is a very heavy responsibility and he took it very seriously and he realized the weight of this burden. But he fulfilled this amana and this trust and this responsibility to the best of his ability. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward him for that. And truly the rulers of today, they can really take an example from Umar bin al-Khattab radiallahu an on how to deal with these trusts. That this is a responsibility that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has entrusted you with. So fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If the rulers of today would, would, would read the seerah of Umar ibn Khattab and learn from it and try to implement it, you know, the world would be a much better place today. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be pleased with Umar ibn Khattab and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be pleased with the Sahaba and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to learn and follow their examples. Inshallah. Next week, we will speak about the personal piety in ibadah, in worship of Umar ibn al-Khattab May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to benefit from what he teaches us and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to implement these beneficial lessons in our lives. Ameen. Barakallahu feekum. Wallahu alam. Sallallahu wa sallam. Wa baraka ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een.